This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. Hi, and welcome to Green Talk, a podcast series from GreenLivingIdeas.com. Green Talk helps listeners in their efforts to lead more eco-friendly lifestyles through interviews with top vendors, authors, and experts from around the world. We discuss the critical issues facing the global environment today, as well as the technologies, products, and practices that you can employ to go greener in every area of your life. Hey everybody, this is Sean Daly with Green Talk Radio from GreenLivingIdeas.com. Welcome to another episode. Today we're going to be talking about protecting our oceans and beaches, and we're going to be talking with an organization called Project Blue and the founder, whose name is Vipe Desai. I'm going to read from a press release here to introduce you to Project Blue if you haven't heard of them. It's a really very unique organization. Project Blue is the national initiative established to raise funds in support of ocean and beach protection. They continue to gain momentum as the campaign's second summer officially gets underway. An unprecedented harmonization of six leading and competitive brands in the multi-billion dollar surf industry. Proceeds from products sold under the Project Blue umbrella go towards the Surfrider Foundation, Surfrider, sorry, Foundation, the nonprofit organization dedicated to the preservation and enjoyment of the world's oceans, waves, and beaches. Project Blue represents a collaboration rarely witnessed in other billion-dollar industries. Six internationally respected brands, including Billabong, Dakine, Electric, Nixon, Reef, and O'Neill, all of whom will be very well known to anybody who's in the surfer world or has ever bought uh, surferware, have partnered together to create a complementary product line of special edition co-branded merchandise for both men and women, specifically for the Project Blue initiative. So, Vipe, welcome to the program. Uh, thanks for having me on, Sean. Well, it's our pleasure and certainly an interesting uh, story that, and what you guys are doing here with the, the co-branded project, uh, these, these sort of, uh, I guess we, we see this maybe in the, in, only in like industries like surfing and, and beer and you know, the wine industry, uh, other industries where people are a little bit more laid back, a little, little more kumbaya, and, and I'd love to see this. Um, t- tell us about, I, I sort of read the, the overview Give us some more specifics about, you know, what prompted you to, to start this project and exactly how it works. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Sean, I've been surfing for probably about 15 to 20 years. And along the way, I've witnessed firsthand some of the issues that are starting to flare up more and more along our coastlines. And years ago, I got involved with the Surfrider Foundation and got very familiar with their work and some of the campaigns that they were working on, their chapter activism across the world. And with Project Blue, we wanted to create a campaign. It's an initiative, and uh, some people confuse us as an organization or a nonprofit, but we're not. Project Blue is a campaign, and there's no bank account for Project Blue. No money comes to us. Money goes directly to the Surfrider Foundation. And what's happened is, Six brands have worked, have have joined forces to create specific signature items under this Project Blue initiative and campaign, and it's called out on the product, where a portion of the proceeds from each of these items goes directly to the Surfrider Foundation. So it's really a way for the surf industry as a whole to protect and preserve our playgrounds through popular consumer products. 
I see. So the relationship between Project Blue and the Surfrider Foundation is that you're just one of sort of the benefactors that's out there collecting money for that organization, which is separate. Is that is that correct? Correct. Correct. We're, we're separate, um, but I work very closely with the Surfrider Foundation on a number of initiatives. I'm, uh, I also have uh, the, uh, the honor of serving on their board, so I, I'm able to see where there where there needs to be additional support, and obviously one for one area of support for any nonprofit is for, uh, funding. And the idea was, if the surfrider is working to protect our coastlines, and there's an industry that is dependent upon the health of these coastlines, there has to be more on ramps, whether it's financially or through surfer activism, to to put these two groups together. And with Project Blue, it's, it's been an on-ramp. It's a low-friction ask for consumers to get involved with helping to protect something that we all enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly. Um, well, I'm just curious, too. I mean, obviously, this to me sounds like something that's somewhat unprecedented for these, you know, normally what would be, I think, very uh, sort of vicious competitors, as it were, to, to get together and do this. I mean, is this a really unique initiative uh, in, in the world of big business? Absolutely. I think it's a very unique business and the surf industry and the action sports industry as a whole is a very unique business unto itself. But this initiative, I believe, could only survive and thrive in this industry. Uh, You take the automotive industry, for example, that industry is just getting beat up left and right for their lack of evolution in in addressing uh, oil concerns and fuel and pollution and all that stuff. Yet, none of those guys will take the time to get together and sit in a room to discuss the issues that are plaguing their business. Surf industry is completely the opposite. The competitive leaders will get together, put their differences aside and say, you know what, here are specific issues as an industry that we need to address regardless of competition. We have to work together on all of these. And this initiative is just that. When talking to Billabong, DeKine, Electric, Nixon, O'Neill, and Reef. These are brands that are competitive with each other and not necessarily vicious, but definitely friendly competition. But for this, they've come together. You know, you take Billabong, for example. They own a eyewear brand within their portfolio, yet they were totally supportive of working with a competitor's eyewear brand to be part of this initiative. And they wanted it because they knew that that colorful uh, combination of different brands is what was going to help make this campaign so successful. This does seem to be one of those characterizing elements of what I would call sort of new industry and new business versus old industry. And you pointed out the problems in the automotive industry. And, and as we record, or as we're recording this, GM has just recently announced, you know, that their stock price is the lowest that it's been since the 1950s, which is, you know, pretty dramatic. Uh, and you know, and I think that that you know this kind of collaboration uh, and this sort of sense that what's good for one is good for all, and that there's enough to go around is a very different mentality. As is the embracing of things like social networking and, and the internet uh, and things like this versus sort of the old stalwart industries, uh, the old school sort of thinking of be, being very very clandestine and, and not communicating with your competitors. Um, so, so it's interesting and I, you know, I certainly love to, to see things like this. I'm curious about also, you know, have there been some challenges early on in this process and putting this together? Yeah, the challenges were really, uh, for me were, could something like this even happen? 
And as it started to transpire, it was almost somewhat surreal in that uh, when I when I met with uh, John Wilson from Reef and Paul Nade from Billabong, my my first initial meeting was just to share the idea and the concept with them. And out of the gate, both of them said, "Yes, we're on board." And it was like, "Yes, you're on board, and you want me to go back and do some more research, or yes, you're on board, and let's move forward." And it was like. Yes, we're on board. We're going to move forward. We're going to start planning these products into our line. Go get these other guys. And they made suggestions of other brands to get and that they would like to partner along with, with this whole initiative and have part of the campaign. And then once we got everybody together in a room, it was just, I, I hate to even say it like this, but it was hippie love fest. It, it, every, <laughs> everybody was really excited that they could sit across the table from somebody in a comp- that was in a competitive business but that had the same passion and alignment for something that we all enjoy. So it was really easy. And that was the biggest challenge was convincing people. But once we went past that, it was, it was easy. Everybody was on the same page. Those guys then shared the initiative and the campaign to staff and their production people and their designers. And everybody was really excited because of the the story behind it, that the opportunity to give back in a manner that also helps support its sales. And like we were talking earlier, it, it, this is a different business. It's a, it's a different world and it's a different consumer. It, it's, it, you have to get into this, this new mindset where people are genuinely concerned about what is happening around the world, whether it's environmental or humanitarian. My personal belief is that a business will have a hard time functioning in the future without some sort of environmental or humanitarian corporate policy in place. Just not possible. Young people will not allow it. They will hold every brand's feet to the fire and say, if you're going to make money, post profits, what are you going to do to make the world a better place? Yeah, that, yeah no, that, and that really is... Uh, the expectation, the modern expectation uh, of businesses, and, and that is definitely a, a beyond a trend. I think that's really a lot of companies are waking up to the fact that they do need to be accountable at all levels, and and not just you know people aren't going to buy the greenwashing sort of news at ten version that their PR rep comes up with, but there's got to be some real legs and, and teeth to it. Um, so yeah, now that's very cool. It's definitely part of the uh, the new wave of the economy. Uh, yeah, well, we're going to be back. Oh, sorry. Go, go ahead. I'll let you finish up, and then we're going to take a break. Go ahead. Uh, what I was just going to add is that it, when, when we talk about this this uh, jump or this move to get on board the Enviro or Green Wagon, the surf industry has been a huge supporter of the environment for many, many years. So this is nothing new. All these brands have been doing stuff on their own. Now they're coming together under one banner. So it's it's a really great thing to see more and more participation as opposed to less and now there's new people coming on board. But that, that, was, that was my last thought. Yeah, no, no, that's a good one. And I, it's interesting because I, I really see, and I suppose it makes a lot of sense that we see this in the outdoor industry um, with companies like Patagonia and Marmot and really all those companies ha- have really gotten on the, the you know, the, well, they've been, I won't say they've gotten on the bandwagon. They actually made the bandwagon yeah. uh, a long time before people were even aware of these issues. And I, my, you know, what I derive from it is that these are people that have been living uh, in harmony with the earth, you know, in terms of their outdoor activities and being in touch with sort of what's going on. And they have 
have those concerns. And I, I see a similar thing. It makes a lot of sense to me with um, the surfing industry, that these are people that are really in touch with the ocean, um, that care a lot and have, have a deep, uh, real intrinsic concern. And then they're now extending that and marrying that with their, their the business side. And um, so, yeah, so ho- hopefully uh, we'll, we'll continue to see that happen in other industries, even those that aren't maybe directly connected to, to you know, the earth, the mountains, uh, hiking, surfing, things like this. Um, but it's, ve- it's very inspiring. So we'll be right back uh, on Green Talk Radio. We are talking on the topic of protecting our oceans and beaches. And I'm talking with Vipe Desai, who's the founder of an organization called Project Blue. And we'll be right back on Green Talk Radio. Thanks, everyone. Listen to Living Green, Effortless Ecology for Everyday People, a weekly online audio program featuring champions of sustainable living at personallifemedia.com. And we are back on Green Talk Radio. This is Sean Daly. We're talking on protecting our oceans and beaches with Project Blue and the founder of Project Blue, Vite Desai. Vipe, we were talking before the break um, about sort of Project Blue and its underpinnings of being this uh, sort of collection of competitors in the surf industry that have come together um, to to, ben- to be a benefactor towards the Surfrider Foundation, uh, an organization that's dedicated to protecting uh, oceans and beaches. Now, I'm just curious too, before I go into my next question, I wanted to clarify. So is are you guys an official sort of entity, like a, a nonprofit 501c3, or is it a looser organization than that? It's, uh, for Project Blue, is it, is, it, is it? Yeah. Yeah, okay, so Project Blue is just an initiative. It's not even an entity. It is a campaign. It is a branded campaign uh, that is that is working to benefit the Surfrider Foundation. So no 501c3 sat status, no organization, nothing, just a, a, a very powerful message and campaign that is uh, spread by six brands. I see. Okay. Um, and so my, my question that I had for you was, um, you know, and th- this is sort of a contrarian view of this, but, you know, some could say and accuse you of saying that, you know, Project Blue is really just encouraging people to buy more stuff. Uh, what would your response be to that, to those folks? Yeah, you know, I've had that asked a few times, and by no means are we encouraging people to shop more. We're asking people to be more responsible when they shop. If you're going to buy a pair of board shorts, why not consider something that was made from recycled plastic water bottles and is also recyclable after you're done? That's all that we're asking for. Consumers are going to shop, and brands are going to continue to make product. All we're trying to do is give better choices to consumers when they're ready to make that choice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, so let's talk about the products that you've assembled or that this uh, team of organizations has assembled to put together under this banner. Um, for, those of, uh, for those of our listeners out there that are interested in surfing or beachwear in general, tell, tell us some, some about some of the collection, some of the pieces that you have in the collection, if you can. Yeah, absolutely. So Billabong is our board short uh, participant, and they are making men's and women's board shorts. And the unique feature about them is that they're made out of plastic water bottles. Ten water bottles makes one pair of board shorts. So not only is the product made out of recyclable material, but it's also recyclable in itself, which is which is something very unique and different. Uh, Dekine is uh, making backpacks for men and women, and what they are working on right now is 
material that is also made from recycled fabrics as well. So the next uh, season of backpacks will have this new material. Um, Electric is making sunglasses for men and women. And obviously sunglasses are harder to develop with environmentally friendly materials, but Electric has taken a few steps to incorporate better practices from recycled packaging in their um, in their uh, pa- uh, product packaging for these sunglasses, along with all of their packages, and all of their sunglasses that are part of this uh, Project Blue initiative are polarized lenses. Um, the other brand is Nixon. Uh, Nixon is making watches, and watches once again are a little tough to craft in the environmental friendly manner. But uh, it's a Tide watch, which is very close to surfers' hearts. Uh, this last uh, holiday. Um, Nixon did a collaboration with Barney's New York and did limited edition watches with recycled carbide steel and recycled hemp watch bands. So there were some additional steps taken to make a better watch. O'Neill is our t-shirt and sweatshirt partner. They're making uh, products from organic cotton. Uh, Reef is our sandal partner and uh, they are also making uh, sandals from recycled tire treads and uh, uh, EVA uh, molded soles. Um, and uh, we're also working with a new accessory company as well that makes surf wax, and that's Famous. And Famous is made from non petroleum organic wax. So, wax is one of the most you know unfriendly elements to the environment, but these guys are doing it with this uh, new, new surf wax. Very cool. And I want to mention for those listening in that want to check out the products, uh, the website is betrue to blue, dot com. And there's actually a very cool little, I think, a flash animation on the front uh, here that uh, rotates around with all the products that Vipe's been talking about in the podcast. So you can click on those and get more information. Uh, an- another URL I wanted to provide uh, at this point, too, was the Surfrider Foundation, which is surfrider.org. Uh, I didn't mention that earlier, so I wanted to, to say that. Um, so, Vipe, I- I'm just also curious now, what- what's the-, the response been like at the retail level to these products? The response has been very, very rewarding on a number of levels. The brands got behind it, their reps went in, told the story, told about the initiative, told the retailers, all the brands that were participating, and it was exciting because retailers got behind the product, they positioned it in their store, they called it out to consumers, sales staff have been very knowledgeable, and it's it's performing much better than we had even anticipated uh, early on. So we're excited. Retail, online, and offline are both performing very well. As is, is, is as is international sales as well. Well, we're going to take one more quick break, and we will be back with Vipe Desai from Project Blue, and they are an organization that's helping to save the world's oceans and beaches through a unique collaboration between multiple vendors in the surfwear industry. And we will be right back on Green Talk Radio. Thanks, everybody. Listen to Living Green, Effortless Ecology for Everyday People, a weekly online audio program featuring champions of sustainable living at personallifemedia.com.
And we are back on Green Talk Radio. Hey, everybody, this is Sean Daly. And I'm just catching back up again here with Vipe Desai. We've been talking with him. He's the founder of Project Blue. And they're an organization that's helping to protect the oceans and beaches of the planet. Uh, they benefit the Surfrider Foundation, which is an organization that's equally uh, committed to that same purpose. Uh, and Vipe, we were just talking about... Um, you know, the, the retail products themselves that have been developed under this uh, moniker, as it were, uh, to to sell to people that are used based on recycled materials and, and the benefits or the proceeds from which go uh, to this cause. Uh, I'm, I'm curious that we've talked a lot about the surfing community. I'm wondering, you know, does Project Blue ultimately alienate non-surfers? No, I'd say far from it. Surfing and action sports have gone past the coast. They've now penetrated mainstream America and the Midwest. And whether whether you surf or you don't surf, you have an affinity and a connection to the brands. And we're not trying to alienate surfer non-surfers at all. It's, it's to incorporate anybody that enjoys this lifestyle or follows it. Okay, click. And I, I certainly I understand it's not your intention to do so. I was just wondering if as a byproduct that it was maybe too surfer-centric and if other people hadn't sort of caught on to it, if that had been your experience at all. Um, no, not really. Uh, there's, there's, there's a lot of people with, with board shorts. Many people are wearing board shorts whether they surf or not. So um, we haven't seen any alienation from, from that point. Well, and I know I own a few pairs myself, and I've never gotten on a surfboard. Though I do intend to change that soon. I, I go. We, our, my family goes to Salulita, Mexico. At least, uh, well, you, we try to go once a year. And uh, every time I'm there, I, I'm, I promise myself ne- next time I'm going to start the surfing. So I just I have too many water. hobbies. So I got to just get in the water and do it. Yeah, but uh, it's so many things, so, so little time. Have you ever <laughs> been to Salulita? Have you ever been to Salulita? Uh, no, I haven't. Where's that located? I've heard of that, it. It's it's about an hour from Puerto Vallarta, and it's it's supposedly I just heard that it's uh, one of the surfer destinations on the planet. So um, anyway, but I'm on a I'm digressing, and as long as I'm digressing, I think I should mention that uh, my mom was a private tutor of three of the uh, top surfers, the three brothers that live in Hawaii. Uh, do, do you know those kids? There's, uh, there's two, two of them. Is it, are, is it the the Florence brothers? Uh, that might be. That might be the name. I just know there are three. I, I don't know much about them. I just know that two of them are surfers and one of them does, you know, waveboarding or something. And they're uh, apparently are on all the covers of all the magazines. And uh, so they, they get to lead this surfing lifestyle. And then my mom would be like private tutoring them so that they could continue to have their professional surfer lifestyle. <laughs> so. Oh, that's too funny. I, I, I'm not sure who it would be, but there's a few brothers and families out there. But my guess would be it might be like uh, the little Florence kids, John John Florence and... Uh, his brothers and siblings. Yeah, they're based out of Kauai. I'll have to I'll have to find out the name from uh, from mom next time I talk to her. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, hey. So uh, lastly, we're just about out of time, Vite. But I, I wanted to ask you. So you know, what's what's next for you guys at Project Blue? Well, we're continuing to expand the product lines. Uh, the brands, our brand partners, are adding a few more uh, items to their offerings. But now, what's happened is. Uh, all the products have become part of the brand's seasonal cycle. So there will always be a Project Blue board short for the next season. It's just not a one-off. So we're in that cycle. We're in that pipeline distribution and everything is set. Product is uh, uh, available. This, the other portion of it is we're growing internationally as well. We're starting to focus on Australia and Europe and working with our brands 
and their partners, distributors, or licensees in that area to support them. And then we're also working with Surfrider Foundation on those uh, on those same continents to connect them with the brands to keep this process growing. So what's happened also is funds that are generated here in the United States under Project Blue stay here in the United States to protect coastlines here. Funds that are generated in Australia or Europe stay in those areas as well. So people there aren't just giving money to a towards Surfrider here in the U.S. It's actually staying within their country to help their coastlines. That's great. Well, very cool. Well, I, I love the initiative. Uh, we certainly applaud you uh, on putting it together and uh, having the vision. And we wish you much success in the future. I want to remind everyone out there, if, they, you're, if you're interested in these products or finding out more about what Project Blue is doing, you can find them online at betruetoblue.com. And you can find out more about Surfrider Foundation, who they are the benefactor for, uh, at surfrider.org. My guest today has been Vipe Desai. He's the founder of Project Blue. And Vipe, I just want to thank you again. But got to mention before we leave too, you have, I think you have the coolest guest name of any guest I've ever had. Uh, <laughs> I was watching Pulp Fiction, or no, sorry. Yeah, uh, it was a Kill Bill. And you know, all, everybody's named after a snake in the movie. So just so you know, you know if you ever need another uh, career, you can always you know, become a, a, an extra in Quentin Tarantino's movies uh, as one of the, uh, as one of the, uh, <laughs> the crazy 88s or whatever their team was there. Yeah, uh, the I, may, I may have the name, but I definitely don't have the acting experience. So I don't know if Quentin's going to be <laughs> calling me <laughs> <laughs> well Vibe, thanks again again we wish you much wish you much luck uh with uh, project blue and uh we'll look forward to hearing more from you in the future thanks for having me on sean great and thanks to everybody listening in today on green talk radio if you're interested in this topic we encourage you to go onto the greenlivingideas.com site and check out the topic section we cover uh all sort all things related to uh the uh, oceans and beaches of the planet and conservation ep- efforts. And you can just go to our search box, which is in the uh, middle right start part of the site, and type in uh, the search word of your choice, and you'll find it. One other reminder before we go, uh, for anybody that is using social networking sites such as Twitter, Facebook, Pounce, Plurk, FriendFeed, or any one of the plethora of other social networking sites, uh, Green Living Ideas and myself are on those sites We'd love to uh, friend you up on those sites, so please take a look. Uh, You can go to our website in the top right side of the site, top right portion of the site. There's a Friend the GLI Crew section, and it's got links to all those sites. So thanks again, everybody. We'll see you next time on Green Talk Radio. Thanks, as always, to everyone listening in today. Remember, for more free on-demand podcasts, articles, videos, and other information related to living a greener lifestyle, visit our website at www.greenlivingideas.com. We'd also love to hear your comments, feedback, and questions. Send us an email at editors at greenlivingideas.com. Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.